Praise God. If you brought your Bible today, uh, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Matthew, chapter 6. And I want to get into a new message today that will help us tremendously. Beginning in verse 24, Matthew 6, Jesus said this, No one can serve two masters. Is it possible to serve two masters? No. Jesus said no one can do that. No. Should we try? Should we try to prove him wrong? Should we say, I don't know about that. I'm going to try. Well, you may if you want, but you'll fail. What will happen? He said, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So he brings in the issue of, of mammon, which we could, be, we could just say riches. It's kind of like money personified. He said you can't serve God and, and, and mammon. This, this dual worship is attempted by many, okay, many in our day. They, they call themselves, you know, believers or Christians, and, and they got this dual thing going on in their life. It's, it's kind of like the, 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 the wrong belief that we can all multitask, <laughs> That we can just do multiple things at once and be effective and focused on all of them, which in reality you have to go back and forth, which reduces your attention on any one given thing. And our society today is more distracted than ever uh, in, in, in so much of what we do because we have access to the whole world in our hand. Yeah? And so being focused, is it takes intentional uh, efforts, right? When it comes to worship, it is that way. Uh, we can't have reserved part of our heart for God and serve anything or riches with the other part. We're, we're divided. We will eventually choose one or the other. We'll, we'll follow one direction or the other. So Jesus says, don't try this. You can't serve two masters. When it comes to riches and material things, how many know uh, they're supposed to serve us, not us them? I mean, riches are a blessing from God unless you become their slave. When you become a slave to the things that you have or the income that you have or your assets, then that's really going to be a snare to you. We should seek, again, the other way around, let it be our servant. Let's use it for good things. Use it for enjoyment. Use it for the purposes of God. Uh, But being singular-minded in our service towards God is the only way that this thing really works. And uh, when the Lord becomes the reason that we uh, obtain wealth, when the Lord becomes the reason we devote our lives to anything, that is the safety net. If he's the why behind what I do, that what I do will never become a snare to me. It'll never become uh, uh, something that leads my life down the wrong path. He went on to say then in verse 25, uh, therefore, how many know what therefore is therefore? (laughs) Therefore is there because it's not a new subject. It's not a new thought. He said, because of this, I say to you, do not worry about your life. (laughs) That is is a monumental task for some right there, huh? Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Everybody say, my life, my life. is more than food. More than food. And my body, my body. More, than more than clothing. 
Yeah, but worrying about life is kind of standard procedure for a whole lot of our world. They just constantly worrying about money and worrying about the job and worrying about the future and worrying about the kids and, and, and so much, even successful people, even those who have a lot of money, uh, they worry about losing it. Or they worry about some other component. And worry has become a normal part of society. But how many know it's not new? It's not new to the tech generation and, and new to our day. Jesus taught these things way back. This has been true throughout human history, that people have a tendency to worry about natural things. Their minds are occupied with, with material needs, with the things that they want. And so the, the Lord's direction is just the opposite. He's telling you, don't do that. Don't worry about these things. Your life is much more than that. He's, verse 26, look at the birds of the air. For they, ne they neither sow nor reap nor gather, in gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Say, I, I am worth more, worth more than the birds. The birds. <laughs> yes, you are. The Father has laid out a priority system, right? You can go all, all the way back to, I know, I know there are people in our world today that want to make, you know, human beings and animals equal. You know, they don't, don't want you to call your dog your pet because <laughs> then you're like a superior species. Well, yeah. And not just because, not, not because we've evolved more, <laughs> because we were created by God to be in a superior place. Uh, you go all the way back to the beginning, back to creation. He said, uh, he made man an image in, in his likeness and image. He said, let them have dominion yes. over the birds, the plants, the planet. He said, let them run the place. I'm giving you charge. You are in a higher ranking position. Jesus is saying, with the Father, he takes care of these natural, these, you know, natural animals. Think of yourself. You are of much greater value than all these. So you don't need to worry about stuff. He, he said, uh, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? We could say you could worry yourself taller. Or some translations say which you can worry and add even one moment to your life. You can't extend it upwards or length uh, by worrying. Uh, so, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Okay, now let's hear, hear, the, hear the words of the Lord here. He's not saying you can't ever think about what you're going to have for dinner. He's not saying you shouldn't plan what you're, what you're going to wear, not going to make any preparations or foreplanning about your housing or any of these natural things. What's the difference here? He, he didn't say you can't ever think about it. Some translations use the language, take no thought. Well, I think this is a better translation. Don't take a worried thought, a worrisome thought. Don't worry about it. We're going to think about it on some level, but there's a difference in just thinking about it and thinking about it all night long. And you can't sleep for your thinking about it. It has entered into the realm of worry. Maybe fear even enters in. Uh, but, but this is, again, very common in our day. Some even view uh, worry as like a manifestation of love. You know, sometimes parents will call their, 
their kids or call their adult kids and just say, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so worried about you. Well, you should stop that. All right. That's not the same as saying I love you or I'm thinking about you. To say I'm worrying about you, you're in the, in the devil's turf there. Yeah. Worrying is the opposite of what Jesus instructed us. Right. Amen, amen. So love, loving someone, worrying about them, not the same. Let's, let's avoid the latter and, uh, and love people. So um, all this goes back to, again, this, all the things that we've read so far goes back to that first verse where the Lord said you can't serve two masters. You can't serve. So, so when we worry about our natural provision, our food, our clothing, our housing, or you can just add to the list, that's a, a sampling. When we worry about these natural things, you could call that, uh, you could call that uh, worship. You, 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 we could say it this way. When, when we are worrying about natural things, we are not serving God. It's either one or the other. He said, you can't do both of these. If I'm all stressed out thinking about my life, be real clear, I am not worshiping God. And again, you can say it this way. I'm worshiping mammon. I am, when I'm worrying about things, I'm worshiping them. Why? Because it's in direct contrast to trusting God. If I trust him, I'm not worrying about it. If I'm worrying about something, I'm not trusting him. I'm either serving God or I'm serving stuff. Amen. I know we like to sometimes coexist with certain opposites. We like to use, if you're a believer here today, if you call yourself a Christian, uh, many times we allow things to exist and even identify with things that are opposite of the word Christian. You know, it's the darkness and light, they can't commingle. Light drives out darkness. Yet we, you know, uh, I'm a Christian, but I sure worry a lot. Wait a minute, those are opposites. I never want to associate anything opposite of God, opposite of truth, opposite of light, opposite of his character, his love, his nature, and say, that's the kind of Christian I am. No, anything that's opposite, we should disassociate with in our mentality, in our self-identification. We should say, no, I am what he says. I am who he says. I am like my father. Again, you go back to Genesis, we were made in his likeness and in his image. Sin, of course, has taken us away from that perfect place, but then through salvation, we are now recreated then or created in his image. We are the work of God. And so, praise God, I didn't plan on saying any of that, but let's keep our associations correct up here. All right? I'm not a worry, worrisome Christian. I'm just a believer. That's... that's contrary to my nature it's opposite of who I am well I'm just so afraid I thought you said you were a believer well I just can't believe well, wait a minute I thought you were a believer keep our language in, in, straight with who we are what the Lord said we, we should be hallelujah Jesus referred to this look at that last phrase that we read oh you of little faith 
How would the Lord describe little faith? He would say, that's the person who worries about natural stuff. That's the person who doesn't sleep at night for worry about their bills and, and other things that are happening. He would define that as little faith. So then opposite, big faith, what would that, what would that look like? Trust. I know my value. I know my worth to the Father. And so I'm going to rest in that. Yeah, but what about these problems? Well, you know, I just really believe it's going to come together. I, think, I believe things are going to turn around. I believe things are going to work out. What? So how do you know that? Well, I know there's a bunch we could say, but I know this for sure. I'm more important to the Father than a bird. <laughs> Come on now. So worry is then synonymous with little faith. And, and, and how many know worry actually, just like he said, it doesn't add a cubit to your stature. It doesn't add anything to you. It doesn't help you. It actually does the opposite. It, it perpetuates problems. Let, let's say someone gets a, uh, you know, a negative health report or, you know, an injury or they feel a symptom of some kind. And because of that, their mind starts feeding them thoughts about their future, about, you know, depending on the severity of the, the severity of the nature of whatever it is they're thinking, it actually feeds into the problem. Medical doctors will tell you that most disease results from uh, worry and fear and those emotional things. Okay? Uh, that, that's why, you know, what you see being propagated in our country and the world the last couple of years is just very dangerous for people's health. I don't mean the virus is, I'm not, talk, not talking about that. I'm talking about the fear. Because you get people thinking a certain way, they open themselves up. That's just a fact. And when someone is concerned night and day about problems and they start to lose sleep over it, well, that's not good for your health to lose sleep. It's not good for your emotions either. Then you're dragging through the day. That's not good for your relationships. That's not good for your productivity on the job. Really, what Jesus is telling us here affects all aspects of our lives. If we would learn our value and learn to trust in him, everything else gets better. And the opposite, again, opens our lives for everything else to get worse. Say amen if you can. Verse 31, Jesus said here, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? I want you to notice the language Jesus used. Do not worry. What's the next word there? Did you notice? Do not worry saying. Do not worry saying. What do you mean by that? Well, worrisome thoughts come to a lot of good people. A lot of faith people. A lot of committed to the Lord people. Their thoughts come to all of us. Some event happens. Something comes up. Thoughts come. You are not a person of small faith. You are not a person who is divided, serving, trying to serve two masters if you have thoughts. That's why he said, uh, when you have these thoughts, don't give them voice. Whenever you have negative thoughts, watch what you say. Don't worry saying. Don't worry saying. Your voice gives, uh, gives those thoughts flesh, if you will. It gives them substance in your life. One of the best ways we cut off this worry, unbelieving life is to get a hold of what we say. 
Actually, Proverbs uh, chapter 13 and verse 3 reads this way. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. So what's the word? Come on. You got a thought? Zip it up. <laughs> now is not the time to let that thought out. Well, I'm just one. I just like to be expressive. <laughs> Better get a lid on that. <laughs> express certain things, but don't express everything. What do they say That's about some people? They don't have a filter. It's like you're nervous to be around them because they're going to say something. <laughs> that's going to be inappropriate or wrong. It's like, put a filter on that, man. Well, let's do that in our spiritual lives, too. All right. Uh, when it comes to our thought lives, maybe you've heard this said before. You can't, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you certainly can keep it from building a nest in your hair. Yeah. Thoughts come to all of us. What happens next is up to us. And we have to take captive those thoughts. We have to re resist the, the, the temptation to play that thing as a continually, continual reel in our minds. And then definitely don't speak them out. Verse 32, the Lord went on to say, For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. So he knows that we have need, yet he says don't worry about it. He doesn't say, oh, you don't really need that. You, you don't really need anywhere to live. You don't really need food and clothes. No, the Father knows we have need. And with that knowledge, he says, stop worrying about it because you're hindering me. I want to take care of you. I want to take care of you abundantly and supply your every need. But you're in my way. How are we in his way? We're serving two masters. We're serving the things by worrying about them. This is interesting, the language Jesus used here. He said, after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Who's a Gentile? We know, technically speaking, the Gentile would be someone who's not a Jew, right? But that term came, came to mean something beyond that, that, that natural nationality uh, because in their day, Someone who wasn't a Jew was outside of the covenants of promise, okay? They don't have, they're not the descendants of Abraham, and, and they don't have the covenant promises. So it, we could say someone who's not a Jew, or we could just say a heathen. And that's how they came to know this language. So when he said, don't, don't think like the Gentiles. Let me read it again. After all these things the Gentiles seek, he's basically saying, don't act like the world, don't think like the world. This is normal course for them. It's the, it's the standard way of thinking. They stress out over worldly things, but we are to rest and enjoy God's blessings. That's the difference, okay? We could say between today someone who has a genuine relationship with God and someone who is worshiping other things. They may worship religion. They may worship their money. They may worship all these things. But that's the difference. That's why if we are, if you call yourself a believer or a Christian and are thinking like the world, worrying, it's time to quit and say, that's not who I am. Right, yeah. Well, I'm just a worry wart. I thought you were a believer. Come on. <laughs> it might be a good idea. Not might. It would be a good idea. 
for you to just say, I'd never worry about anything. Well, I feel like I'm lying. Say it by faith. Say it as a commitment. Say it as honoring God. I'm never going to worry about anything ever in my life. I sleep all night without a care. Amen. I, I don't worry about finances. I don't worry about kids. I don't worry about the job. I don't worry about the weather. I don't worry about the, the, the you know, the thing. <laughs> I, <laughs> whatever, the Omicron. I, I, I don't worry, and I don't, I'm not going to worry about anything. Why? Because I'm more important than a bird. My father values me, and he said he'd take care of me if I would do that. So I can't, I, I can't just say, well, I'm just going to worry about it, and he's going to take care of me anyway. Then why did he tell us this? Why, why tell us how to think if what we think doesn't affect what he does? My thinking and my focus directly impacts what God is able to do in my life. Hallelujah. Verse 33. This is the popular verse. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And so I want you to see what the Lord is saying. He didn't say, don't worry about it, period. Because if that's what he was instructing, just stop worrying. We're going to have a problem with too much time. I mean, if you took worry out of some people's calendar, if it could be scheduled, and we just didn't worry, our calendars would open wide wide up, right? We'd have all kinds of space. <laughs> Just removing the worry time, what am I going to put there? And because of that, it, be, it often is very difficult for someone just to stop doing something. Any kind of bad habit, any kind of practice that, that people do, and they say, this is wrong, this is bad, I want to get this out of my life, I'm just committing to stop. Well, again, noble in its desire, but you're probably going to struggle unless you put something else in its place. It's like if the person says, I want to lose weight. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to stop eating. Well, I would say that is definitely going to work. It'll definitely work. I've done the math. You will lose weight the rest of your life <laughs> until you have no more weight to lose, right? But that even, you know, even a short-term fast, it's going to work, but that's not going to work long-term, right? What do you need to do? You probably need to replace either portions or of what you're eating, right? I used to eat ice cream. Now I'm going to eat skinny popcorn. <laughs> that just, sorry, Amy was eating popcorn yesterday. In this little bag, she said, I have another one of these. If you want one, I said, well, let me taste that one. And so I ate a couple of them, and they didn't taste like anything. <laughs> I mean, I could feel them, but there wasn't. They weren't bad. There just weren't anything. So I said, no, thanks. <laughs> but if you're going to lose some 
way, you probably need to change some of what you eat and replace it. If you're going to stop worshiping things by worrying about them, you probably need to do something else with your time. And this is what the Lord said. He didn't say just don't do that. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We are replacing worry with kingdom activities. Instead of worrying, I should pray, read the word. See, you got your time in your schedule now. Pray, read the word, you know, do things for the Lord, serve him, give my time, uh, share the gospel. I'm going to fill it with, with things that are on God's mind. If I don't fill it with that, I'm going to revert to worrying, to trusting in things, trusting in myself. I've got to replace it with these other items. Here's a, a, an example of that. Uh, Paul wrote in Philippians 4, 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He said, let me rephrase this. Don't worry about it, pray about it. Whenever you have something come up, he said, don't be anxious. Have anxiety for zero, zippo. Instead of being anxious and worrisome, pray about things. So I have real problems. I don't doubt it. You should pray instead of worry. Worry will make it worse. Prayer will make it better. This is not complicated, is it? Implementation is huge, though. Okay? And so, uh, we're, again, we're not doing nothing. Now, think about this, this language. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What things does the Father want to add to us? Well, material stuff. Everything we need in the material realm is what he wants to add to us. And you might justify, you know, the worrisome life uh, by saying, well, if I'm going to make money, I certainly have to focus on that. I mean, I have to work for it. I have to, you know, study it, study, you know, maybe financial strategies. If I'm going to be successful in that realm, I've got to learn business or a trade. I've got to seek those things in order for money to work because I know how this world system and the economy really works. Everybody okay? Is that a logical thought? I think it's a logical thought, but the answer is that whatever you must do, whatever you must know, whatever you must do to succeed in this life will come to you with, from the Lord in the context of seeking his kingdom first. In the context of that, we're directed, read this, go to school here, learn this trade, listen to this person, work hard in this field. It's done in the context of that. In other words, without seeking first the kingdom of God, all that's on me. And I'll do it with worry. I'll do it making it my God. I'll do it, do it trusting in, in myself or in, the, in that world system. And it's all going to bite me in the end. In the context of seeking first the kingdom of God, really making his kingdom priority, what happens is that he will both lead us, remember these two things, lead us and grace us to succeed. 
What I mean by that is he leads us into things that are profitable, to jobs that work well, to education that is, that is the right thing to learn. And he leads us away from spinning our wheels and wasting our time with this endeavor and this endeavor and losing sleep in the process, worrying, worrying to no end about all these things we are lacking. If he will lead us and he will grace us. You know what it means when God graces you? I know we're saved by grace. That means we receive something we couldn't work for or earn. Uh, when he graces us, he enables us. His grace enables you to think sharp, to think clear. His grace enables you to succeed at, in areas where other people don't. When his kingdom is prioritized, we access all these blessings from God. That's why you can say, man, the Lord's just adding things to me. Now, someone else might look and say, well, wait a minute, you work a job just like I do, or you, your life doesn't, I know, but you notice how you worry about it, and you serve it, and you worship it, and I, I'm carefree. I worship the Lord. I go to work for the Lord. Yeah, we work at the same company. I know you do it for you. I do it for him. My money goes farther than you, and I'm, I'm being promoted faster than you. And, and, and not only that, it's not my only source. Money comes to, from other areas, too. And God blesses me in all these areas. Why? We have the same, work for the same company. No, I work for the company. <laughs> Working for the man. <laughs> the man. The Lord on the throne. Praise God. And so what we need is that grace so we can stop stressing out and doing unprofitable things. Praise God. Now consider this, what is the main thing in your life? If you were to strip everything else away and say, this is the reason I live. This is the air that I breathe. This is my motivation. This is my focus. This is priority to me, and it outweighs everything else. I know you know the right answer, but I'm just saying, what is it? In practice, in reality, what do you want more than anything else? If you could keep only one thing, everything had to be stripped away, what would you keep? According to the Lord now. This is just not my thinking. I'm not authorized to give you my own thoughts here. According to the Lord, if we will seek his kingdom and his righteousness... He, the Father, who loves us, values us, will add everything else to us. He will add it. We've got to believe that that's true. This is, this is what the Lord's. He will add everything else. How do you get the stuff that you want, that you need and that you want? I mean, do you work for it? Do you steal it? Do, do you... Do you uh, manipulate people for it? Are you just waiting on chance? Waiting on luck? Pulling the one-armed bandit? <laughs> you know, waiting for your ship to come in? Or do you seek God's kingdom and you just know it's going to work out? The job thing, the investment thing, the opportunities... Sometimes people who are not in a home ownership position are looking at the crazy values of things these days and thinking, how could I ever break into that? I have a suggestion. Come on. 
Seek first the kingdom of God. God is not intimidated by the median price in our, in our valley. He really is not. It can happen in an instant. He is well connected. Are you saying I shouldn't save for it? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you should or should. I'm saying you should seek the kingdom of God. You want the blessing of God on your savings if you're doing that. You want his blessing on your work. His blessing on opportunities. His blessing on you're the only one that gets contacted when this comes for sale. However it may work, in a thousand different ways, our focus is to say, I'm valuable to the Lord. And he's going to take care of me. Praise God. Now listen, I'm I'm finished with this. And then I'll tell you what our subject is. (laughs) Our greatest need is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's that's quite a statement. It is. Our greatest need is not food, shelter, clothing, protection. Our greatest need is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Why do you say that? Because he said if we would prioritize that, he would give us the rest. I'm not saying that food and shelter and clothing and material needs and desires are not necessary or something we should have. We should have all of that. Uh, This is our greatest need. Our greatest failure then is being successful at the wrong thing. I don't want to get to the end of this and find out I succeeded in the eyes of many people, but I really failed because I... I gave up seeking his kingdom and his righteousness first. Sometimes people's success keeps them from from what's truly important and what really matters. It's not about what you have. It's about how you got it. It's about what's working in you in the process. Amen. It's the Lord's will that you would be highly blessed even with material things. The scripture says he gives them to us to enjoy. What I need to make sure is I'm arriving at that place with the inside of me not serving them. I'm serving the Lord on this journey. I'm serving the Lord only on this path. Praise God. What if we we were to start, uh, what if every counseling session that happened began with uh, an inventory of how someone is prioritizing God's kingdom and his righteousness. And they say, that's not my problem. You know, my relationship with God is good. It's just my relationship with my wife. That's the problem. (laughs) Well, maybe it is, but let's get first things first. Maybe if we go directly to your your spouse or your communication or your sex life or some other conflict or a problem in your, in your relationships, if we start talking about all of that and you have put God's kingdom way down on the list, we're probably spinning our wheels and working extra hard to accomplish something that can happen really easily if God were in the proper place in life. Amen. I don't know if a lot of people would come for counsel if that was the case. <laughs> well, I think we might be able to avoid a lot of it just by doing this. Again, 
The blessing of the Lord works this way. It is tied to priority. It is tied to Him occupying that place in our hearts and nothing else. Hallelujah. And so, new series I'm starting. And it's called, are you ready for it? It is called Kingdom Rules. Why? Because if I'm told to seek first the kingdom of God, what if I don't even know what that means? What if I don't even get, have the concept of what a kingdom is? I mean, no, we don't live in one. The United States is not a kingdom. So our minds do not naturally go to the mentality of Scripture. And what we do is we Americanize and, uh, and democracyize God's kingdom. And it's not that. And what if we say, well, I'm putting first the kingdom of God in my life. Do you even know what that means? I think sometimes with us, we think we are and we're not. Because we are on different tracks with how God thinks about this relationship. But we can get it straight because we have a book. <laughs> and it's full of amazing truth that makes us free. Praise God. We'll pick up there next time. Father, Father, we thank you today for the mighty work of your spirit in our lives. Thank you for the grace of God. It is sufficient. It is enough for us today. We set our hearts, we set our minds on you. Lord, help us to keep our focus. Help us to see things the way they really are.